0: And welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: Yeah, okay,
0: yeah. He's not actually here against his will. It just sounds like that. Also joining <laughs> us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. And I'm performing under contract. All right. We run like the studio system in early Hollywood in many ways. <laughs> also joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger.
2: I'm here because I love y'all. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. I, f-
1: I feel like Lee's answer was trying to make us feel bad about our <laughs> answer. So
2: message received, Lee. <laughs> don't don't go. project, man. It's, kind of, it's kind of an uphill
0: climb to get any of us to feel bad about anything at this point. So I yeah. kinda of respect the fact that he's still trying. Sure,
3: sure, sure. That's dedication, man.
0: All right, we're gonna start off with a positive note this week. After that uh, <laughs> as a lot of you as most of you know at this point Lee uh, is a songwriter and a recording artist and he recently had one of his worship songs featured on a blog for young life leaders. Young life is an organization that Lee's been involved with for a whole lo- a real long time and I was as well. and Lee do you have the exact address on that?
2: I'm ashamed to say that I don't. But, sure, it's the Young Life uh, Leader
0: blog. And if you check out twitter.com wait, no, slash the Younger, I found, I found it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm as soon, as, as, soon as I come up with a plan B, plan A will work out. That's <laughs> <Later. a phenomenon. laughs>
2: I'm looking. I'm sitting here looking it up as you're, I, I keep looking for this thing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's younglifeleaders.org. It's run by a guy named Drew Hill, good dude, and uh, cares a lot about young life leaders and giving them a, a resource to help them do better ministry with high school folks.
0: Sure. And Lee's song is it As I Am.
2: Yeah, yeah, Lee
0: Song As I Am, which gets played at a lot of Young Life camps and clubs, and you guys have probably heard uh, posted on the Tumblr, or I think we've possibly even featured it right on this here podcast at some point. Sure. Um, but you, if you like that song, you can get a free download of it. Uh, lyrics and chord charts as well if you want to lead that somewhere. So that that's a cool thing. We're all excited about that. C- yeah. Can I
3: just get in there? Because I just want to make sure I'm understanding what's going on here. Okay. Seemed pretty clear, but go ahead. Because I, I get confused easily. Me too. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. there are a lot of open jars of glue in this basement. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but so you're saying that Lee, he writes songs, right? Yes. And they're, they're meant for people to use them for worship, right? Yes. And there's this great big international organization called Young Life.
0: All correct so far.
3: Okay, and they, they hear one of Lee's songs, and they start using it in their worship services all over the place with like a bajillion people.
0: That's that's a rough estimate, yes.
3: That's that's a technical number. Right. Quote me on that.
1: Bajillion, I'll quote you. But
3: that's all correct so far. I'm not missing anything. Yes.
0: And then they like
3: the song so much that they say to the entire internet, here is this awesome song we think that you should listen to and use in your worship service.
0: Yes, I'm fairly sure that for legal purposes, Young Life doesn't, but the Young Life Leader blog did. Okay.
3: Well, Glenn, I think you and I, I'm just sensing we're on the same wavelength yeah. here. That's yeah.
0: never good news for me.
3: Which <laughs> is, uh, dude, what does this say about us? What
1: on earth oh. does this say about us?
3: I, I want to ask one question. Yeah. And I, I'm not, hey, I'm not trying to derail things here. Do it. Because if anything. No, you're not
0: trying. You're succeeding.
3: I just. I like this podcast to be like a well oiled machine that just runs like clockwork.
0: Bring it. Bring the crazy. Here's my
3: question Is Young Life Leaders blog featuring any of your songs, Glenn? No, they are not. Do you have something you'd like to declare off of that?
1: I would like to declare an emergency.
3: It's an emergency. It's, it's an, an emergency. insecurity
0: emergency. It is an
3: insecurity <laughs> emergency. Glenn, would you tell us how Lee's success
0: makes you feel? Terrible. About yourself, not about Lee. Don't oh, tell yeah, us how you feel it. about Lee. Yeah,
1: just, uh, yeah. no, what I, you know, it's like, does anybody even care about me writing worship songs? Do, do, do you write
0: worship songs?
1: Well, you know, not technically not as such <laughs> yeah but you know do you want
3: to do you want to just bust one out for us just right now live in the studio because look yeah i mean we can just cheat the system man i mean we've there's sure. people listening sure you want to bust it out for
1: us <laughs> yeah an original worship song
3: yeah right now in the moment
1: um <clears throat> i you know i don't have any accompaniment but uh so i will just you know pre it yeah <laughs> It only takes a spark <laughs> to get a fire
3: going. Here's my question, Young Life Leader Blog. You've heard that. When is Glenn's feature coming? Yes. That's, That's your goal. main
0: question after hearing that. <laughs> there aren't s- several dozen other questions. Okay, Some too horrible to contemplate. First of all, I feel there's a prejudice
1: against falsetto happening right now. <laughs> That's what okay. I... Okay. That's what I was so going to refer to with that's the about. falsetto. Second of all, I clearly stole that, yeah. and I stole it from someone who's already successful. So apparently, you hate other people who are successful, yeah, and don't want to support Christian music. Okay, yeah. so I don't know what the problem or issue could be, but I'm taking it personally. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening right now.
3: I I think you should. Right. I think you should. And look, I don't. You know. I don't want to talk bad about Lee behind his back. Right. So I'm just going to talk bad about him right now while he's listening. Sure. (laughs) Because that seems like the right way to go. That's Christian. Do it. It's like some people, okay, I mean, it's it's like mean that he would have this success at you and me. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, maybe there are some people like Matt who, you know, might suggest that neither of us have ever done anything with Young Life. That would be Um, accurate. But – They don't feature any of our songs.
1: No, they don't. No. Not even the ones I steal from other people. This is what
3: I'm saying. What what do I have to do? Dude, I've got this song called Shine Jesus Shine. Whoa. It kills. I bet. I'm already
1: intrigued just off the
3: title. This
0: is finally the episode where we get sued out of existence. I (laughs) think it's great
1: that you've written a song where you're demanding, hey, Jesus, shine. Shine. Shine,
3: Jesus. Shine on me. It's
0: time to shine. I think it's great that that audio is going to get played back in court. At some point,
3: <laughs> here's what I'm saying is you think Lee would say, Hey, look, I've already been, you know, I've hurt these two men enough by right. having, you know, a song that people find meaningful and helpful and it encourages them in their walk. Right. I should stop there. Yeah. You'd think he would say that. Right. You know, but. You know what this dude did? What did he do? He created a whole new record of songs like that one. What? That are all really good and really (laughs) cool and really spiritually encouraging. Uh And it's like he's just rubbing our noses in it. Jeff, your tone
0: doesn't match your words, and I'm worried you're having a stroke. Okay.
1: (laughs) Time is a factor. (laughs) All right. But let's get down to business here. Were any of these Uh, songs in falsetto? I don't think so. So, it's just pretty much a slap in the face. It is. That's racism?
0: (laughs) That they're not in Falsetto? Yeah. I mean,
1: you just... uh, It's a prejudice against me that's being directed at me.
3: Well, I I feel like I heard some of the early stuff off the record. I don't think I... You know, I don't remember the title, but... I think the album art was just a middle finger with the words hey glenn across it
1: oh wow that's yeah. pretty
2: rough man do, do
3: I, lee do i remember that correctly is that what you ended up with for the album art
2: there's no way that could be more incorrect than what you just said
3: <laughs> so that, did, that, didn't, yes. that
0: didn't pass legal okay <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: like, like you submitted it to the label and they're like you know we're not feeling yeah, that. hold on hold on
2: hold on Timeout. the label is you jed Yes, yeah, Jed also hey, wait, produced what? that record that he's offended by. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This And he and Jed produced the first song that they're passing out to the Young Life leaders now.
3: This is a witch hunt. <laughs> I am outraged. I'm outraged by the success and by the accusations.
0: Jed, Let- do you sometimes lose large chunks of time and wake up to completed Pro tool sessions that you've sent Lee?
1: A L-
3: little bit. <laughs> okay. I kind
0: of got
1: a Fight Club thing going. Let's not... Bicker and argue about, <laughs> about who? who produced whose record. <laughs> it's just supposed to be a happy occasion.
3: Yeah. we are
0: going to set a record high for plagiarism this episode, and that's saying something for us.
3: Well, look, I've already I'm bearing my soul. Okay, right. I'm right. putting myself out. That's there. That's not a
0: bad worship song title.
3: I'm bearing my soul, and I just I. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dude, the voice was perfect, man. You're on K-Love tomorrow Uh, with that song. Oh, yeah.
3: Positive, encouraging Jed Brewer. But here's what I'm saying. Right. Here, I'm just, you know, because we're keeping it real. I'm being honest, you know, with Lee about how much he's hurt me. Right. Being honest with you guys about how much I need your support and encouragement. Okay. First, we've got the super cool song featured by Young Life, uh, the Young Life Leaders blog, which everybody should check out because it's awesome and they should get their free download of the really awesome song because no one cares how it makes me feel. Right. And then.
0: That's accurate.
3: He had the audacity to record a whole new record
0: of really
3: cool songs. But here's my fear. Yeah. Here here's the thing that keeps is me up nice yeah. is what if Lee just decides, you know what the world needs is a custom bridge box every month that features <laughs> Lee
1: Younger. Well, that would just be crazy.
3: I don't think I, like on an emotional and ego level, I don't think I could take that.
1: Well, it would be like he's just trying to wipe you out altogether.
3: This
2: is what I'm take, saying. Take
1: this guy off the map, dude. That's what I'm saying. Just, we've had enough of Jed. Goodbye the end. Now Here's, here's, what, I love
2: about, here's what I love about this whole thing, is that everything that Jed has personally come up with or done is is a, is a convoluted uh, plot by me to sink his battleship.
3: Yes. Yeah. yes. Finally, you Finally. admit your wrongs. <laughs> that's right. Now the healing can begin. <laughs> now,
0: there's a lot of people we all know in our life who, it seems, take a certain joy in being offended. They yeah. kind of jump on things or maybe innocuous statements or bad wordings to be offended. And you think, that's a lot of effort to put into being offended. Jed apparently has created produced records and then created a custom bridge box for them because Jed's the project manager. Bridge box, all that happens right. are bridge boxes under his auspice, and he created the custom bridge, Lee younger bridge box, apparently only to be offended.
1: Yeah,
3: I didn't he has literally myself.
0: put I, I, hundreds I, of hours of work, right, and money into creating this a
2: situation is, in which he could be offended. This is an elaborate self sabotage, man. Either that,
0: yeah. or he's got a split personality thing—a Dr. Jeddle and Mr. Hyde, if you will. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah,
1: very good. Uh, I feel like right now Balsetta will bring us together.
3: Dude, could you do that? Could you bring that work of healing into this broken community? Kumbaya, my Lord!
2: (laughs) Kumbaya! Oh, God.
1: Oh, oh, wow. So, I mean, like, I I felt, all right, uh, that I'm feeling it. Coming back together.
0: Just here's what here's what a lot of you don't know. Jed has very good pitch. He's very musically talented. Right. He could have sung an actual harmony right there if he wanted to. Yeah. Could have. He chose to be dissonant and make your ears bleed. Yeah. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> well, off of that, speaking of massive plagiarism, I know Jed, you've got something you've been working on. Sure. With uh, the bit we
0: talked about right before the podcast. Right. The, the yes. worship
1: leading. There right. We go. It's a whole new breakthrough to take the hits right. and make that the most popular worship experience ever.
3: Absolutely right. Absolutely. We know a lot of churches that are, um, you know, they're they're trying to incorporate, uh, and actually, this is not a joke, we're being serious on this, uh, some Coldplay into their worship services. Some... trying
0: to be hip and relevant. They put, it on, they put it on the flyer.
3: They do. Come to our church, hear Coldplay songs.
0: That's the only thing on the flyer of the <laughs> most popular megachurch in America.
3: Now, you could, um, you know, of course, just buy, like, a download of a Coldplay song. and
1: That you know, would be convenient.
3: You could listen to it at your house. Or you could come and hear people who, bless their hearts, maybe aren't the world's greatest musicians. Um, and, Do uh, their version of they're it? Their kind of bad cover version of yeah. it. But what's got me, you know, thinking is, I think what it really takes to, to make music spiritual, to make it ministerial, is all in the delivery.
1: Right, right. All right. right.
3: You know, because I mean, you know, I like Coldplay. I like sure. you But you know, I think there's a lot of other stuff out there. So right now, I want to just debut something for the internet where I'm gonna I'm gonna worship lead mm. um, a, a song that you may have heard before. Right. That I like. That I think really, you know, it's very positive. It's very uplifting. Right. And you can tell that it's ministering to you because of how sincere I am.
1: Right. Okay?
3: Are you guys so ready? It's, so
1: it's this? already a hit. Absolutely right. All you're going to do is worship leaderize it. Yeah, that's so, right. Okay, I'm Will there I'm be falsetto?
2: Ready.
3: You know, today, I've got the eye of the tiger. You know, and today, I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter, and, I, and I'm dancing through the fire. Today, you know, because I'm a champion, and you know, I, we just want to declare today that you're going to hear me roar. <laughs> today, we just, we just want to declare that louder, louder than a lion. Because C- I am a champion, and today, you're going to hear me roar. Oh, 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 oh. Oh 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 oh. Oh 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 oh, mm. you're gonna hear me roar.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you Jed, feel that, Jed? Right now, I just, I just, I, I want to say that you and I can dance. You and I, I just want to say right now we could dance until we die, Jed. <laughs> Amen. You, you and Amen. I, we can, we could dance until we die.
0: You know All right. How- as we'll a, be young forever, Jed. As we put a bow on this segment, I feel there's one crucial point that needs to be pointed out at the end there. No regrets, just love. Just sure. love. Just love. The, the most important thing that's happened in this last uh, insane rambling is that Jed was reading the lyrics off his iPhone and
2: Glenn had them from memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he
1: did. I feel
0: like right now we're all piling
1: up on me. And that's crazy and that unfair. No, <laughs> that, that
2: was in the ram. That was ready to go
0: well somebody want to call this thing so we can move the heck on. you know I feel
3: like I've gotten to voice um, how hurt I have been and we got some healing so I'm going to go ahead and declare emergency off
0: alright that's off. good if you would uh, like to get some more custom music from Lee every month for only $8 that's uh, very popular music that he produces that's very popular blog approved. Also, uh, some of that money goes to him, some of it goes to us, so you're supporting a whole lot of ministry for $8 a month. MissionUSA.com slash If you sign up for that, you will get as a thank you gift a free download, I think a free physical copy of Lee's new record, free, which does not feature, cannot stress this enough, does not feature a profane gesture on the front. No. No. You see not, one, not even either that's that. all in your head, or Jed got to a shipment of them. <laughs>
2: So I have a question for you, Matt. What if somebody is already a normal Bridgebox subscriber, but they want in on the the Lee Younger goods every month?
0: Well, first of all, I don't care for your tone. (laughs) (laughs) I feel threatened when people question me on things. Uh, Also, email us at BridgeChicago at gmail.com or email Matt at MissionUSA.com. We've got a little custom link, and we'll give you all that for – so two Bridgeboxes at $16 a month worth of stuff for only $12 a month. If you want to bundle those – We move on to a question. This came in to our email from our friend Patricia from Australia. It says, Recently, a few girls have made Jesus Lord of their lives and have joined our campus ministry. I've been asked to disciple one of them. I remember as a young Christian feeling terrible about my sin or trying to use guilt to change. How does one cultivate healthy spiritual growth in a young, new Christian without relying on guilt?
2: Lee, can you start us off? Absolutely. And first of all, Patricia, thanks for all your support over the the long haul of this podcast blog's everything. Um, very, very cool. We're, we're thankful for you. And and uh, the second thing we should say is congratulations, you know, that you have been asked to be put in this position of ministry. You're going to be in a discipleship role with a brand new believer. That is fantastic. We're proud of you and grateful, and, and uh, we're here for you whenever you do have questions like this. And this is a great question. I mean, an absolutely great question. I think a lot of us who were raised in church uh, have this same question, which is, when I was brought up, the way that the way that church people talked about changing was they loaded down the guilt about the, the heinousness of my sins, and, you know, the idea was feel terrible about your sins, and then you'll grow and change because of how bad you feel. Now, the problem is uh, it didn't work for us, and it doesn't work for anybody else. Oddly enough, feeling terrible about your sins doesn't get anybody to change, and, and you're exactly right. And so when you look at, like, what would be something different – I would focus on one thing, but before I get there, let me let me just say a couple things about discipleship. And that is, uh, <clears throat> if you get into a discipleship relationship with somebody, and I can't stress this enough. make sure that your your relationship with this girl isn't one hundred percent the Jesus stuff all the time. Just hang out. Mm. Hang out, watch movies, eat cookie dough ice cream, and whatever whatever it is girls do. I don't know. I don't know what girls do, but d- do that stuff. Hang out and be friends. Listen to her, laugh with her, drive her around, take her out for ice cream, all that kind of stuff. Talk about whatever. Talk about her family life, and 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 let the Jesus stuff happen naturally when it comes up when she's ready to. Don't don't feel like every time we've got we get together there has to be a spiritual breakthrough. Okay, I think that can. That that kind of attitude, and it's when you are when you are kind of starting out and doing discipleship, you feel like, well, I've got I got to have like a quota for how much Jesus is in our conversations, and you don't have to meet any quota. This is this is about friendship. It's about listening. It's about serving somebody and loving them. Look for ways to serve this girl and listen to her a lot, and and don't be stressed about if you guys just have uh, just. Just you know, normal, chill, hangout times. You, you want that kind of stuff. That's going to build the relationship you need. Okay, so that out of the way. Here's what I would say uh, specifically about the question you asked, which is a great one. How do you how do you cultivate her- healthy spiritual growth in a young new Christian without using guilt? And I would say it's the same thing that you use in in a in a Christian that's not a brand new Christian, which is you cultivate honesty. That's what we mm-hmm. want to cultivate. We want to cultivate a relationship where this girl feels like there's nothing more natural and there's nothing more be- there's nothing better and there's nothing more healthy than for her to be completely honest with the Lord. That has to do with when she when she fails, when she falls off, when she runs into the same old sins and problems again, when she's afraid of stuff, when she has attitudes that are funky and she knows they're not right, there's nothing more important than for her to feel like it is totally okay, in fact, encouraged and right for her to be honest with the Lord about that. See, here's the deal. When you feel, when, when you get loaded down with guilt about all your wrong and your sin, what that causes you to do is it causes you to feel ashamed of yourself. And then what shame leads to is hiding. That's what shame did in the Garden of Eden in the very beginning is that Adam and Eve felt ashamed of their nakedness, and they went and hid, and they started covering themselves up. So that's what we want to get rid of. We want to get rid of hiding because what the Lord wants from your friend, he do, he's not looking for perfect behavior. And this is where a lot of church folks fall off. He's not, the Lord is not f- totally focused on wanting perfect behavior from your friend. Here's what he wants. He wants a relationship with your friend. So in order to pull that off, we've got to get hiding out of the way, which means we have got to eliminate shame completely. So, uh, and the best way to go after that is to realize God already knows all my sin. He already knows the sin I'm going to do in the future. And my goal is to be as honest as possible about why I'm tempted with things, why I want to do these things, what I'm afraid of, all my funky attitudes, and then ask the Lord to help, you, to, to help her develop a strategy out of that. And that is really where your discipleship is going to hit the, next, hit the next level. When she's able to be honest about her temptation and the things that are making her fall off, and then you help her find a strategy to change some of those temptations or, or setups or triggers or behaviors or whatever. So that's the thing I would, I would focus on. Number one, just hang out. Be friends. Don't try to make it Jesus-y every time you're around each other. And two, cultivate honesty, that the Lord wants her to be honest. He's not afraid of her sin, and he wants a relationship first and foremost. Amen. Absolutely, Jed.
3: Well, I agree with every single word Lee said, and I want to pick up exactly where he left off. Uh, the next thing that we want to add into that, so Lee is absolutely right. You want to cultivate honesty where she's being honest with the Lord and, and honest with you. And then the thing that you want to give back to her in those moments is understanding. When, when people feel guilty, when, when people feel ashamed, the thing that um, is kind of the antithesis of that guilt and that shame is understanding. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If we understand how we got into this situation, um, what led us to this point, it's very difficult to feel ashamed about it. There's an old saying um, in French that says, to understand all is to forgive all. If we understand how we got into these problems to begin with, it just doesn't leave us with a lot to feel bad about that doesn't mean that they're not still problems and that doesn't mean that we don't still need to solve them but it changes the emotional landscape of it so let me give you an example of what i mean so you say this is a recent christian um you know when maybe she didn't grow up you know in a christian environment so she comes to you and says look um i this past weekend I, I went to a party i got completely obliterated I hooked up with a guy um, I, I feel terrible I feel I feel awful about it. Now you have a choice in that moment. What a lot of people would do is to kind of pile on, mm-hmm. say oh that's, that's how could you and you've, you've let the Lord down, you've let me down and we're <laughs> just, I just want to pray at you now. And she's expecting that you know and she's already doing that to herself, but if you say yeah, that's right. Well, that makes perfect sense. I know you've been feeling lonely. When you feel lonely, you want something to come along and fix that. You know, when you feel lonely, you want, there's something about, you know, a physical embrace, even if it's you don't really know, It feels like an answer to that. I know you've been, you know, feeling stressed out with school, and, you know, you want a break from that. You know, you want um, something to turn that off for a while, and you get about six drinks in, and you're feeling a lot better. That, that all makes sense. That all, that all tracks. The, the thing that we want to look at is, how do we find healthy outlets? for you to deal with that loneliness? How do we find healthy outlets for you to deal with that stress? All of a sudden, there's not a lot for her to feel bad about. It's, it's, again, it's not that the you know, getting you know, wasted at the party and the hookup wasn't a, a sinful thing. It was. We already know that. You know, she, she wouldn't be confessing it to you with her eyes on the floor if she was confused about whether or not it was a sin. But if you can reflect that sense of understanding back to her, I understand why you did what you did. I understand why it seemed like a good idea. I understand what the temptation was. I understand why you went for it. And I understand what, what the good thing was that you wanted, that you thought this would help with. And let me stick a pin there for a second. We need to be clear. All sin on some level, is a distortion of a good desire.
1: Uh-huh, Let me say it right. again.
3: All sin, on some level, is a distortion of a good desire. You wanted something that was nothing wrong with, it was a good thing, but then along the way to meeting that need, uh, we took a, a, a hard left bad mm-hmm. wrong turn. Mm-hmm. If you can reflect that back to her, first of all, you're going to get rid of that shame because shame and understanding can't coexist. They just cannot occupy the same space. But the other thing is you're going to make it a lot easier for her to get that same kind of understanding from the Lord If she's seen it modeled in you, and you're going to make it a lot easier for her to start to apply that same understanding to herself, where when she makes mistakes in life, her first instinct is not to beat herself up, but to ask, how did I get into this? You know, what was the thing that started this? What was the bad wrong turn that I took? What do I need to do differently in the future? And if you can get her to that point where she's being able to kind of dissect her own decisions, you've discipled the heck out of that gal. Yeah. And that's that's the ultimate. When she can figure out for herself, here's where I went wrong, here's how I fix it in the future, that's maximum strength, good discipleship.
0: That's absolutely right. Glenn?
1: Yeah, and I want to pick right up uh, with what Jed's talking about there, and Uh, What we want to talk about is the difference between guilt and conviction. Amen. Because those are two totally different things. Um, uh, The devil deals in, in guilt, and as Lee is talking about, guilt drives us further away from the Lord. There's an avoidance to that. There's a hiding to that. And uh, that's that's why we don't use it to help our walk because it never can and never will help us in our walk. What does help us is conviction. And conviction works in a radically different way. And as you've heard us maybe say on the podcast before, conviction is about calling us to our higher selves. That means the gal who you know uh, messes up and goes to the party as just describing, we, we might say to her, you know you're better than that. You know that you're smarter than that. You know that that isn't, a smart choice. You know it doesn't make you happy. You know you're not glad about it. You know that there's something good that you're getting out of that, and we're not blaming you for the desires Judd's talking about. But in terms of the way we're trying to meet that need, man, is this not a healthy direction for you to go in, and, and you're smarter than that. So let's figure out how to how to do that better. The central thing in her walk, uh, the central thing in your walk needs to be love. Uh, turns yeah. out That's what Jesus really clearly said it needs to all be centered around. If you love me, you'll obey the commandments.
0: So don't focus on obeying the commandments. Focus on love. Focus on love because the rest will happen. But, Glenn, doesn't the Bible say churchy behavior covers a multitude of sins? Yeah,
1: no, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what, what, uh, what, What Jesus is trying to describe is that the guilt that you feel will trigger that avoidance, as Lee was talking about. When you avoid God, you won't have strength from God. When you don't have strength from God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to sin. You know how you're going to feel about that sin? You're going to feel guilty, which is going to make you avoid God some more, and you, you see where I'm going with this. That's a downward spiral. There's no way out of this thing. But when there is love involved, Love drives us closer to the Lord. We get more strength from that. We get more of our needs met from God instead of trying to meet him from the world. Everything goes into a positive direction. Uh, Of course, you have to have that in order to explain that to her. Yeah. Right. And she'll sense if you're kind of uh, uh, saying a lot of happy stuff that you know to be true that you're not really living by. Yeah. So uh, I, I think part of that is getting that focus 100% clear in your mind. Uh, but the final little thing I'll tack on the end is that uh, for all of us as believers, sin needs to not be the central thing. Oh, yes. Hello. And for all too many Christians out there, central is the, sin is the central focus. That's the thing we're praying about. That's the thing we're talking about. That's, a, that's the thing I'm worried about. The thing is mitigating my relationship with God. Sin is sitting right in the middle on the throne deciding whether this is going to be a good day or a bad day, whether I have a good relationship with God or a bad relationship with God, all that. Uh, the idea is to put love in that relationship in the in the driver's seat. That's the thing. It's all centered around that drives me to be thankful and that thankfulness drives me to better behavior so yes, I'm sinning less, and I see that going on, but I'm, I'm not basing everything on that sin.
0: That's a fantastic point. One thing I'll throw on the end here is just a little kind of mnemonic device, kind of ministry principle thing uh, for a lot of what Jed was talking about, that kind of um, relating and not judging. There's actually It's actually an old sales technique, but it has a ministry value. It's uh, the phrase is feel, felt, found. When you're talking to someone who feels something you say, I understand how you feel, I felt that way. What I found is that I yes. obviously you don't have to use those words, but it's a good it's a good kind of roadmap for I understand, I relate, here's what I found. And that's really a lot of what discipleship boils down to is situations yeah. you've been in. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question here. This came to us from our friend Kent via email. It says, What do you do when you feel spiritually dry? Sometimes I feel like my prayers just echo off the distance, and sometimes I feel like God had his coffee break when I called to him. I'm trying not to judge my feelings, but sometimes it really gets me. How should a Christian deal with these dry spells? Jay, can you start us off?
3: I can, and can't we love you, bro. We appreciate you uh, listening and all of your support and encouragement. So here's the thing, man, is uh, someday, I have no doubt, you are going to marry an amazing gal. Um, She's going to be... Uh, beautiful and wonderful. You're going to love hanging out with her, and uh, it's going to be great, and it's going to be awesome. And you're going to have some days where you wake up, and you just do not feel any of it. You don't feel in love. You don't feel particularly compassionate. It's just... So you're still here. right? Here, here's how I know that's going to happen. So that happens to everybody. Yeah. There, there, yeah. there are no exceptions to that. That's just that's life i can tell you i'm married to uh the girl of my dreams happens to me mm-hmm. you have days you wake up i'm i'm not feeling anything right and as as you are included in the sum total of things it doesn't yeah, i'm not feeling it that's that's life the question is what are you going to do in that moment well there's a couple things i'd suggest the first is um it's fine to check in with that person say are we doing okay you know i some days you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and i'm just feeling out of, we doing okay we doing all right, right. And my wife and i do each other on a regular basis Hey, i'm feeling weird i'm feeling off are we are we cool are we doing fine and you want to trust that other person when when they answer if they tell you yeah we're good man you just you know you had a rough night last night you're doing good mm-hmm. you want to trust mine you can do that same thing with the lord you can go right. to the lord and say hey i'm feeling weird i'm feeling out of it are we okay Is there there a problem here? Is there something going wrong? Um, As you get in the habit of learning how to listen to the Lord in in prayer, um, you can ask him that. We do that all the time. Sure, yeah. I I go Lord around your base and say, I am weird and out of it, and is everything okay? Or is it just my imagination? The Lord has never, ever had a problem with me asking him that. Mm -hmm. But then the next thing that you do is you do the next right thing. Um, you know when you're married uh, it doesn't matter if you feel weird or not you need to take out the trash dude right <laughs> that's you know um, you need uh, your wife's had a long day she needs a foot rub uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you feel weird or not get in there and rub them feet right, man right. you know same thing with your walk with the Lord um you know uh, there's there's stuff that the uh, um, there's stuff that the Lord's calling you to do, and some of that involves serving other people. Some of that involves, you know, uh, you know, taking the time to be with Him and talk with Him, and you choose to do those things whether you're feeling it that day or not. You know, I mean, if you think about athletes that you admire, that's a big part of what makes them who they are, man. They're in that gym whether they feel it or not on any given day. And and there's plenty of days when they don't feel it. Uh, But you can do that. You can decide in that moment. You can check in with the Lord and see, are things cool? And then you can decide in that moment to do that next right thing that's before you. But before I pass these other bros, I want to offer one other thing for you to look at, which is I think sometimes we go to the Lord and what we want is, could you just give me some emotions that I like? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'd feel better. And sometimes the Lord wants to give us something other than a particular set of emotions. Let me, let me tell you what I mean about that. You you said in your question, sometimes you feel like God, you know, your prayers are just kind of bouncing off the ceiling. So, and the Psalms talks about that. That same idea is in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you feel God's just not around uh, when you need Him, and and maybe you go through seasons of that. Where it's just you know, God, you're not coming through for me. I got this thing I'm struggling with. You know, it be a struggle in your life or a job thing or a school thing, a family thing, whatever. And God, you're just not coming through for me. Sometimes in those moments, God wants to give you. <laughs> Something you haven't thought of. Let me explain what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're going through a rough time, and you, you, we have a tendency to go to the Lord and say, I need you to do one of two things, preferably both. First, fix it. Right. situation, <laughs> fix it. Right. Thing two is give me positive emotions. Right. And if you could do both of those at once, fix it and give me positive emotions, that would be great. But oftentimes, what the Lord wants to do is, well, how about if I gave you strength to just stand up in this moment, to not right. be bowled over by this? A lot of us don't really want that. Pass. Yeah, I, no, no, no. How about you fix it, right. give me positive emotions, and then maybe strength later. Right. But the thing the Lord wants to give us right now today is the strength piece, and then we'll worry about the emotions and the fixing it down the road. Now, why would he do that? The reason he would do that is that emotions come and go. That's just Mm. the way it works. God could give me, I won't put this on you, but he could give me happy emotions right now. I'd have ruined them in five minutes. That's just, I'm not good at holding on to positive emotions (laughs) personally. And God can fix a situation, but another tough situation is going to come along. That's just life. But if he gives me strength, then that kind of can't be taken away. If he gives me, if he builds things into me, like um, long-suffering and self-control and patience and kindness, those things can't be stolen from me. And I'm I'm better off for them. And I'm able to have more joy and more peace down the road because the Lord has built those things into me, which happens through times of struggle. So the thing I want to encourage you to do is to start asking the Lord, I know you're not necessarily looking to fix it right this minute. I know you're not necessarily looking to just give me happy emotions right this minute. But what is it that you do want to give me? in this moment. Mm -hmm. Is that strength? Is that wisdom? Is that peace in spite of my circumstances? Is that joy in spite of my suffering? God has something he wants to give you today. That's always true. And the sooner we can figure out what that thing is, the better off we'll
1: be.
0: Great point. Glenn?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I I agree with exactly what Jed's saying here. And this actually, we get asked this exact type of question quite a little bit this is a, yeah. a bless your heart it's a, a a frequent thing that a lot of people struggle with the truth is that uh i i think it the beginning of this part uh, dealing with this is some raw truth between you and god i think okay. things start to level off and get flat when we're putting our head down and we're just grinding life out and things are kind of getting to be unpleasant and boring and drudgery and all that, and we're just sort of grinding away and slowly putting up with that inch by inch by inch. But we're not going to God and saying, hey, you know, actually, I don't like this, and it kind of stinks, and I really don't want to be doing it, and I think it's uncool that you got me doing it and I really don't think this is fair, and I want my life to be different, and I wanna be dating a supermodel, and you know, what, whatever these things are. Being uh, more honest about that, uh, I think, uh, as Lee was talking about in the previous question, is super important, but the problem I think we get into is there's a certain mentality, and maybe Christian culture helps us with this mentality, but it's a certain mentality of just rejoice. <laughs> If you have a problem, rejoice. If you if your life is boring, rejoice. So everything is uh, find a false Im- uh, feeling that you don't really have a, a a positive spiritual something that you that isn't r- real, and then just feel that, and then that will get you where you're going. Uh, in reality, that's not how actual healthy Christian relationships work between you and the Lord. In order to get uh, to a place of health, there has to be that raw honesty. There has to be that raw truth where you're, you're going to the Lord saying, here's how things really are. I think a certain amount of uh, these quote-unquote spiritual highs might be really more emotional highs. Uh, I experience spiritual highs. I I know what those are. That's usually when I say, Lord, I need peace, and the Lord gives me peace, or I say, I need joy, and the Lord gives me joy. Those things are available at any time, so if I need that, uh, I go and get it. If I need a whole lot more of that, I go and get that. If I need enough to get me spiritually high, I go and get that, and I get it spiritually high, and then that happens. Um, But uh, I think the, the, the key thing here is recognizing that Uh, that by sort of hyping up our emotions, we have that sense that that means there's a spiritual health and a spiritual vitality, maybe, that's actually not really there. Uh, It is really just more emotions. You go to some worship services, you go to uh, some churches, and they're just pumping that emotion just higher and higher Mm -hmm. and higher and higher. They're not telling you stuff to help sort your life out. It's just here, here's more, you know, you know, uh, uh, emotional, whatever, There's nothing wrong with that. Let's just make sure we understand that's not actually benefiting you. It is just emotional. It's like, uh, the difference between cotton candy and eating a steak, you know, the cotton candy tastes real good, but it's got no nutritional value. So, um, the third thing I would say on this is when you feel, Spiritually dry, I I think that the, I, I think you are right to look at an emotional connection to that. In other words, think of your body uh, in three layers: body, mind, and soul. Right? You you have your physical life your, of your body, your your mental life—that's you know uh, your brain and all that stuff—and then then your spiritual life. Well, each of these parts affects the other. So if I'm sick, let's say I have the flu then I'm gonna be in a bad mood uh, emotionally. And if I'm in a bad mood, maybe I don't um, take the time to pray the way I should and get that connection going with the Lord, and so my spiritual walk is not in good shape. So uh, if I take a little bit of extra time to pray at the beginning of my day, my mindset's a little bit better, and maybe I'm experiencing a less physical stress, and that means I'm a little healthier in my physical body. So all of these things kind of affect each other. So if you've got a spiritual problem going on, sometimes that is an emotional thing where you have sort of a falsely high emotion built up over here, and then there's a, a negative emotion that you're not in touch with that you're not acknowledging with the Lord on the other end. So I think
2: it, it, I, I would look at this it may not be purely a spiritual problem. Uh-huh.
0: That's a great point, Lee.
2: Yeah, I'd like to come in right on the tail of what Glenn was saying there. I was thinking about that as well. Just kind of when you look at your life and say, is it balanced? You know, is there are, are there some things out of whack in my life? I, I think one great place to start um, is you know, how do I, how am I doing physically? Am I sick? Am I, am I sleeping well? Do I have an unnecessary amount of stress in my life? Are there some outside factors? I I love the direction that Glenn was going with that. And that's exactly where I was going to lead off is just look at the kind of environment of your life. And is there anybody close to you that you can go to and say, when you look at my life right now, like, does it feel like anything's off? Do I seem like healthy and good and, you know, measured and balanced and all that kind of stuff to you? So I think that'd be a great place to start, just to see if there are any outside factors. The other thing I would say is, I think this is really, really important for you to understand that even if you have a perfectly balanced life, you're eating well, you're sleeping great, you're, you're, you know, you're trying to follow the Lord, you're doing ministry, all that kind of stuff, you need to know this. If nobody's ever told you this, it's time for you to hear it. You will go through these spiritually dry periods. They are going to happen. This is, uh, this, is, this is a normal part of a spiritual life, is that you're going to have ups and downs. Now, I, I seriously think this is something that probably the Lord lets us go through on purpose. I mean, to see what, what is, how are we going to deal with the relationship in this time? Not that you're necessarily under a test, but it's just kind of all part of it. That it's not going to be this mountaintop high all the time. That sometimes it's going to be really, really low. And that if you, if you do the thing that, like Jeb was saying, is you keep showing up. You know, I, I, and, and it's very, very important in those dry moments that you keep reminding yourself of the things that are true, that Jesus still loves me, that I'm completely forgiven of all my, of all my wrong. There's nothing in between us spiritually in that sense. And, and so that's one thing that you need to know is these things are going to happen. Now, if that's true, if these kinds of, of, of ups and downs are definitely going to be happening in your life, then one thing that you can know off of that, and it's very important for you to tell, be able to tell yourself this and for you to be able to tell your friends this in the future is it's not always going to be this way. You are going to come out of this thing. You are going to wake up one day and you're going to feel super close to the Lord. You just you just are. It's going to it, this feeling is going to change. You you are in a uh, you are in a body and a life in in where you shift. And so this thing is going it's going to it's going to be different and it's really really important for you to know that. The last thing I would say on this deal is I would just like whatever your kind of normal spiritual routine is, you know, like if you get up in the morning and maybe you put on some music and you know you sit in a certain spot on your couch and you have some time with the Lord where you pray or you check in or you read some scripture or a devotional thing or whatever. Um, Look, whatever that little routine is, what I would say is I would break it up for a little bit. I would try something completely different. Like if, if you always sit on the same, you know, if you always sit in the same spot on the couch and have a cup of coffee and read the scriptures, then, you know, for a few days, go for a walk or go for a drive. Put some music on in the car. Um, we've talked before about putting, you know, like an audio bible on instead of reading the scriptures, just let it just listen to it, let it pour over you. Glenn's talked about how, how much that helps him, just to kind of let the audio bible thing kind of go in. So, you know, I, I would say shift things up, try something different and just see if if something helps. I mean, just try something different for a little while and just see, sometimes when you just shake up the cobwebs of a routine, things can change. And that's all part of what Glenn was kind of hitting on and where I was kind of starting on this is, you are in this physical body. You've got these. You've got all these things trying to work in, in harmony together. And sometimes we just get a little stagnant. We just got to shake things up, and it changes the way we feel about them. Change the routine. Change the change. Just change the channel a little bit, and it can really, really change the way you feel about stuff.
0: That's a great answer. However, the say that legal team has uh, called on the bat phone and pointed out that it's very important that we t- inform you not to drive and read the Bible. Yes. Right. Yes. It seems spiritual. It's just. <laughs> it's really a one or the other proposition. Well, didn't it, I say the audio he Bible caught himself wasn't, wasn't got that, audio? But he did say the phrase. If you need a new way to read the scriptures, go for a drive. I
1: just like to pray. Just get get my head down. Get my eyes closed while I'm driving. Just sure, get, get really
3: charismatic it. with it. I yeah. do a lot of good ministry just texting people encouragement. There you go. I'm driving. What I like to do is just wait. You know, for just the inspiration to come <laughs> of who needs an encouraging word. Yeah. And then just I'm driving. I just put my head down just start writing out that message to him. There them. you go. Yeah, that's what I like to do.
1: Did Gracie, intern, yell at me for driving and texting. I I can't do that anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. I've been I've been convicted. Naughty. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay gonna move on because when Jed points at Glenn and yells "Naughty, you just got to move on. There's really no other option there. We move on to our final question. It says: "Hello, my boyfriend broke up with me a while ago, but since has not stopped texting, calling and leaving voicemail messages. I realize that being friend- just friends is possible, but it is hard for me to emotionally detach myself from the relationship with his frequent notifications. If this is really over, I need some space, but do his messages and calling means it's not over. How can and or should I move on? Glenn?
1: Yes, move on.
0: Flesh that out.
1: Okay. Um, here's the thing is you deserve to be in a relationship with a guy who's 100% sure he wants to be with you.
0: Come on
2: now. Uh,
1: that's not this dude. Uh, that's okay. We're going to give him some space and let him work on some stuff. Uh, he needs to give you space and you need to go ahead and communicate that. Hello. Um, it's a terrible idea to be friends with your exes. I don't know who came yes. up with that idea, but it, it stinks. It's a bad idea. It's it's a really, really, really bad... It's not Christian but, at but all. But Glenn, it's in yeah.
2: all the movies, and it yeah. always works so beautifully in those scenarios.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, th- you know, that's this is a terrible idea. You don't know? you like hanging out with people you swap spit with? Yeah. Isn't that this great? Is, you know, look, look, a, a, a number of us, myself included, are blessed to uh, you know, have dated someone... You know, you broke up with them. It was kind of an amicable thing. And you later, um, you know, see them and you're friendly with them. And it's there's sort of that uh, warm remembrance and like, oh, this was a happy time of my life and so on and so forth. So, yes, we do have that. But that's the exception, by and large. Big
2: time, big it, time exception.
1: By and large, it's just super creepy and weird and like, you yeah. know. And so, it. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know. I actually dated a gal or asked a gal out. uh, I think this was probably high school. And she said, okay, I I, I would be okay with going out with you. But I just hope we can always be friends. (laughs) I said, oh, no, I I don't see that happening at all. Uh, A, I don't want at all to be friends with you. I just only want to date you. So if we're not dating, I can't imagine how we would be friends. Second of all... I hope to make such a a, an impact, positive or negative, that it would, if it ever ended, it would be like you know some sort of epic something. You know, I don't don't want it to be just where we can casually ooze into friendship necessarily. I I don't know that that would be a great goal. I mean, it it sounds good, I guess, but you know, this is this is not what we're doing here. Uh, So. Uh yeah, I think let's decide. Uh, everybody, let's we we're just all gonna decide this together. Let's not be friends with our exes. If Thank we you. if we can be friendly with them, that would be awesome. You can be polite and cordial. Yeah, you know, and you know, maybe exchange a nice word here and there when you see each other, and and yeah, you know, maybe you know that turns into a positive thing and a healthy thing, and that'd be great. Uh, and it's—we're not talking about avoiding people or being rude to them or being ugly towards them. We're not talking about get away from me. You know, we can never speak <laughs> again. We're—we're we're not talking about that. We're just simply saying, hey, dude, you know, this didn't work out, and that's kind of left a—you a, a, know—I'm I'm a little bit bruised from that. So you know what? Maybe for a while, you go your way, I'll go mine, and let's let's get a little bit of distance here. If you have mutual friends, sometimes that can be weird. You know, you go to the party and then she's there or he goes to the party and she's there and it's kind of like, oh, and I don't know how to act and if I'm talking to somebody else, will she freak out? (laughs) Yeah. This is what dating's about, people. This is, these are the the tricky waters we have to navigate. Uh, But by by acknowledging to one another, we're not trying to be buddies here uh, and we're not gonna try to take this from broken up and hurting one another to whatever. Um, And sometimes we break up with someone and we feel bad about that. And so we want to try and be friends with them so we don't feel bad about it. And that's like a guilt friendship, which is actually not a friendship. Sometimes we break up with someone and then we decide we'd rather be together. So we just keep talking with that person and hope that they forget that we broke up or something. (laughs) Sort of a George Costanza kind of approach to this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's, uh, you just show up and and be dating and, you know. um, Maybe in a giant Russian hat. That's at all possible. There you go. Bottom line on this deal, and this is important for young people to get in your minds, cross-gender relationships are basically what you call doomed.
2: (laughs) Okay? Uh, Doomed!
1: (laughs) Look, I've got female friends. Now I've had female friends when I was young and all that kind of stuff. But if I date someone, then I break up with someone or they break up with me, and then I date a new person— this new person does not want my ex-girlfriend Come on. hanging around yep. and having emotions and trying yep. to get some of my time and trying to hang out and whatever and all that, how that's going. So this is, cross inter friendships are awesome. Uh, sometimes that happens with uh, couples that finish dating on it. It's a lovely thing. It's an important part of your life. But basically, it's like a flower which blossoms and then immediately dies. <laughs> We enjoy the flower while it's alive, but then it's dead, and now we all move on and find friends with our people our own gender that we're not dating, and that's how we have friendships. So there you go.
0: I have a feeling that sentence is going to have a different ending before Glenn self-edited. Yes. Okay. That's good enough
2: restraint, man. Thank you. Points, Lee. Yeah. Okay. So I want to I want to go back to a part of this question where you say. uh if this is really over, I need some space. But do his messages and calls mean that it's not over? Yes, they do. Let me tell you what this guy's doing. He's keeping you on the line, sister. Yeah. Um, this dude is a player. Yeah. plain and simple this is not over you are right where he wants you in
3: case he, of emergency break glass
2: yes listen listen to me and i'm going to say this and this is not just for the young christian gals out there in terms of dating but this is for all of us okay and in, in a lot of areas of life you are allowed to stand up for yourself uh-huh okay uh-huh. you are allowed to stand up for yourself and to look this dude in the eye and say Listen to me and listen good under no, under no certain terms. And I don't want to be unclear about this at all. Do not contact me in any way. You, you broke up with me, and that's fine. It's over or whatever. But look, I, I'm, I'm going to say this harshly because I want you to understand I'm serious. Do not contact me. Don't call me. I will block your number. Do not text me. I will block your number. You have been unfriended on Facebook. I am not following you on Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever else, you whatever whatever their you know, social medias are out there. I don't even know. But I am not following you. I'm, we are not going to have any contact. You are allowed to do that. You are allowed to do that because pure and simple, this is what's going through this guy's mind is, yes, we broke up because I don't want to commit to that relationship. But in case I can't find what I'm looking for, I'm going to keep her on the shelf and I'm going to keep that option open and I'm going to keep her. I'm going to still be sweet and witty and cute. And I'm still going to reflect back on our inside jokes. I promise you that this guy is texting you about your old inside jokes from your dating relationship. I, I, I absolutely guarantee that that's happening. And the reason is because all four of us on this podcast, we haven't met this dude, but we know this dude. Okay. We know this dude. We've met exactly guys like this before. He's keeping you on the line. You need to get out of this thing now. And you are, you, you have, here's the thing. You have to be the one to stand up for you. Okay. None of your friends can do it for you. And and this guy is not going to do it. You have to be the one who says, because Glenn's exactly right. You deserve to be in a relationship with a guy who wakes up every day feeling like I have won the lottery. Holy crap. I mean, I'll tell you, that is the way I feel about my life. When I wake up yeah. in the morning next to my wife, the feeling I have is, holy crap, I'm still dreaming because I have won the lottery. Yeah. This, this is the way that you, you deserve to have a guy feel that way about you and to communicate that to you on a regular basis. You are unbelievable. And how did I get this lucky? Please do not leave me. That's the way that guys need to feel. And and uh, to have this guy messing around with your emotions and and who's to say how he feels and one day it's on and one day it's off and you know when he talks to a really cute girl, then then maybe he doesn't text me for a couple of days and all you're doing is thinking about him, that is never ever ever going to bring you anything but heartache. You need to cut this off and you are the one that has to do it. You have to stand up for you. But as I said, this is not just for the for the young Christians in the dating scenario. This is for all of us. There are situations where people want to take advantage of you, and you have to stand up for you. Nobody else can do it. And here's the deal. You are allowed to stand up to you and say, you do not get to treat me this way. You do not get to talk to me this way. This is not going to fly. This is not going to happen. So um, yeah, this is up to you, and you got to be the one to do it.
3: Absolutely, Jed. Well, darling, we're really sorry that happened to you. Um, it, it hurts to get broken up with, and, and it, you know, it hurts to have somebody that you care about um, come to you and say, you're just not doing for me, uh, so I'm going to move on. And we're sorry that you went through that. We're sorry that you had to, to yeah. deal with that pain. Amen. Um, you know, just sometimes it can be helpful um, to reflect back to you, to have a sense of how a breakup should go, um I've had to I've been in dating relationships that just weren't working where I needed to to break those off and the right way to handle that is to sit down to do it in person and sit down with that person and say you deserve to be happy you deserve to be with a person who will make you happy and that person's not me Uh, And I don't want to string this relationship on any longer because that's not fair to you. It's also not fair to me because I deserve that same thing. But you deserve to be with a person that really appreciates you all the way uh, and is really going to make you happy, and I'm not that person. So um, I'm going to go ahead, and and this ends here. I wish you all the best in the world. Um, You know, I'm so grateful for the time we spent together, Uh, and I wish you great happiness, and uh, God bless you. And then you walk away and you leave that person alone. That's mm-hmm. that's actually the, the right godly uh, way to to handle that. There's not a lot more to be said uh, in that uh, moment, but definitely giving them a whole lot of space afterwards is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. But that said, I think there's something we need to look at for you, darling, which is what do you want? Mm-hmm. See, the, the thing that I hear you expressing in this question is that this dude... <coughs> Is kind of setting the agenda, and you're responding to it. Yeah. And I think we need to flip the script on that. I think we want to get to a place where you know what you want in your life, and you're going after it. Whether that includes this dude or not. Right. So, a lot of us can feel like probably no one would ever want to go out with us. So... Anything that comes along that gives us the opportunity to be in a relationship, we better act on because mm-hmm. quantities are limited. If, if I don't take this, probably no train will ever come again. This yes, is my last yeah. opportunity. But it's not true. And here's right. how you know it's not true is somebody did want to go out with you, at least for a minute. So you know that you are dateable. You can, you can put that concern to bed. But now that you know that, what do you want just in life? As you think about, you know that you can have a romantic partner. Now that we know that and we can, we can put that worry to bed, what would you like in a romantic partner? You know, as, you, as you sit and uh, think about it, what, what really uh, occurs to you that you say, I think that would really be something worthwhile? And certainly, yeah, there's, there's you know, the, the more surfacey stuff, tall, dark, handsome, loves cats. But what kind of character would you like to have in mm-hmm. a romantic partner? What kind of values would you want them to have And then start looking for that. A lot of people talk about, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm just not getting, life's not working for me. I'm not happy. I'm not experiencing, you know, the things I want to be experiencing. And one of the key questions we have to ask is, do you know what you're looking for? Do do you have a sense of what it is you hope to find? Because if you're not sure what you're looking for, it's very, very difficult to find it. Uh, Glenn said, and he's absolutely right, you deserve to be with a guy that sure he wants to be with you. And that's a great place to start. I'd encourage you to start thinking about what else belongs on that list. What else do you deserve Mm -hmm. to have? What else would God want for you? What else would go into a relationship and a dating partner that would be a plus to you instead of a minus? That would help you to grow to be more like Jesus and and to do more of what he created you to do? Here's part of why I say that. The more you make that list, I have a hunch, the more you'll realize this guy doesn't have any of it.
2: Yeah, good point. I
3: I just have a strong suspicion that's the case. The more you realize that you know what you want and this guy ain't it, the less you'll care about what this dude does or doesn't do. That helps um, to move on. That's right. If you uh, if you start to get in touch with what God wants for you and what you deserve to have, it's going to change your whole ball game. And here's the funny thing. Here's my last point. If you start to try and figure out, what would God want for me? What do I want? How do I get in a position to find that kind of person? Your odds of finding that person are go up infinitely. Yeah. And God wants that person for you and wants to bring that person into your life. We love you. We believe in you. This is not the last word in your dating life. I'm sorry it's been a tough word. Um, there's more and better for you than this. Keep your head up. Keep going.
0: That's an absolutely great point. I want to close out with one quick thing here. Just on a purely strategic level, there are pretty much three ways that this particular here situation with an ex can go. One is you can end up getting back together together. Two is you can end up being friends, and three is you can end up leaving each other alone for the rest of your lives. If any of those have a chance of happening in a healthy way, and they all do to certain extents, that begins with you cutting this guy off from communication right now. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to get back together in an actual way, maybe I think Lee's Reed is absolutely right, but maybe it's not. Maybe he's just, maybe he's not a player. He's just an idiot. It isn't that better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If in order for him to think, hey, I should really uh, give this an earnest shot and change ways, there needs to be some consequences to the whole breaking up action. Needs a little time to miss you. This goes for both genders. If you're going to be friends, there needs to be time taken away to kind of reset that relationship yeah. a significant yeah. amount of time in that case. And if you just want to be left alone by this moron for the rest of your life, obviously got to cut him off. So really any way forward between – two people broken up begins with a good amount of time of being out of each other's hair. It's like what you're saying. It's an unpleasant thing. There's really no way around it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question for us, you can get us at say that podcast at gmail.com or the You can sign up for bridge box, either the normal one that's missionusacom USA.com slash bridge That's Music, sermons, Bible studies, um, devotional writings, videos, some extra goodies every month. It's a ton of media for only eight dollars. All of that goes to fund the ministry we do here in Chicago. Or you can sign up for uh, the Br- Lee Younger branded Bridge Box, which is missionusa.com/bbly. That's a brand new track from Lee every week, and a lot of uh, a sampling of some of those other Bridge Box goodies. So you'll get a couple other songs, maybe a sermon, some devotional material. Not the full thing, but definitely a good representation of what Bridgebox is about. That's also $8 a month. Uh, Lee gets uh, Lee gets some of that. We get a little bit of that for here in Chicago. Or if you want both, you can email us matt at missionusa.com or bridgechicago at gmail.com and we'll give you a special link to get both of those for only $12. Thank you for listening. Just remember we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. We can
1: dance until we die, you and I. <laughs>